Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When I wake up, well, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who wakes up next to you. When I go out, yeah, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who goes along with you. If I get drunk, well, I The spring game has sprung, and we've got your thoughts and your comments on that, the best of what you gave us for true or false. Uh, we couldn't get all of them in, but we got as many as we could, holding some over from before the game and some after the game. It's going to be a fun episode of the Sooner Nation podcast. Um, but we got to start out with softball, because I think I was wrong. Now, it's not 100% yet that I'm wrong, but it looks like I'm on a collision course with being wrong. It happens to the best of us. I've been saying for weeks now that the uh, Big 12 championship was going to come down to Bedlam. The Big 12 championship may not even make it to Bedlam as Oklahoma 12-0 in the conference will host Kansas this weekend. Now, the Sooners are on the road for midweek games. they got a pair of midweek games playing at Wichita State. On Tuesday, playing at Tulsa on Wednesday. Then they come home for Kansas. And this is a big, big series all of a sudden. Kansas only 3-8 and eight in conference play. 21-21 um, and 21 overall in the season. Not likely to make the postseason. But, but that's a big series. And the reason why is because Oklahoma State is riding a five-game losing streak. Now, this is the team, again, a few weeks ago, I said... I said, hey, I think this is Bedlam will decide. Bedlam, and it's in Stillwater. Bedlam will decide uh, the Big 12. But it's not going to be that way, it looks like, because Oklahoma State loses their finale with Iowa State on April 16th. They get beaten by Wichita State on April 18th. And then over the weekend, they lose three games. They lose three games to the Texas Longhorns, three games in which they surrendered a total of nine runs but only scored four in three games. The Oklahoma State offense has, has straight up disappeared. Um, and what that means is, when you look at your Big 12 standings, you've got the Sooners 12-0 in conference, 42-1 overall on the season. Now you've got Texas in second place at 11-4, having already played Oklahoma. Three of their four losses in conference are to the Sooners, 39-9-1 on the season. And Oklahoma State has dropped all the way down to third place, sitting at eight and four in, in conference play, thirty-nine and eight on the season. Here's what here's what we're looking at. Here's what all this comes down to. Oklahoma sweeps Kansas, which is what's expected to happen in Norman. If the Sooners sweep Kansas over the weekend, they win the Big 12 championship. It will be decided before Oklahoma even goes to Stillwater. Um, the Sooners will be 15-0 in conference. Regardless of what Oklahoma State does this weekend, they're playing at Lubbock, and they've got to get their, their stuff figured out because Texas Tech is suddenly in the hunt for an NCAA tournament berth. Yeah, they're only... 4 and 10 on the season but they're 30 and 18 overall uh 4 and 10 in Big 12 play 30 and 18 overall on the season should they take 
should they take this series against Oklahoma State, you would you would be at 32 and 19, 33 and 18 if they take the sweep. Suddenly they're they're pushing up on Baylor not just for a um, a top 25 spot, but they're pushing up on Baylor to jump into the the, the field of 64 for the NCAA tournament. So Oklahoma State they 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 don't want to fall any further than what they have right now. Baylor Texas Tech cannot catch them. They'll finish third in the Big 12. Worst case scenario for Oklahoma State, third in the Big 12. But you you go out and you drop this series at Texas Tech, and then you go into the final weekend, uh, Bedlam with Oklahoma, and that's that's not that's not the case. So you've got to take care of business if you're Oklahoma State in out in Lubbock, Texas. But let's talk about Oklahoma because this is obviously the Sooner Nation podcast. And the thing is this, Oklahoma sweeps Kansas this weekend. They win the Big 12 championship because there's no way anybody can catch them because they have zero losses in conference. If they lose one, technically Oklahoma State could sweep and then you could have a tie uh, there in the conference. But also... If you sweep him, if you sweep Kansas, there's no way. There's no way anybody can catch you because Sooners 12 and 0, the next closest would be Texas at 11 and 4. They just can't catch him with three more wins for the Sooners. And so that's what you're looking at in the Big 12 for the University of Oklahoma. And by the way, when are when are teams when are teams going to stop trying to bow up to this Oklahoma program? Just accept them for who they are. They're nasty, they're dangerous, they're good. You saw Texas try to bow up to them with Mike White saying what he said uh, before that series. You saw Baylor say, oh, you know what? We've already beat them once this season. When they come into Waco, they're the ones that are going to be intimidated. Yeah, they intimidated to a combined score of 13 to nothing in three games when the Bears didn't even scratch home plate. Um so I, I just it's it, look the 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 revolving pitcher scheme that seems to be working for the University of Oklahoma. Baylor didn't really rely on that a whole lot, but other teams have. That's the best way to slow this team down. If you want to get in, in mentally into them, that's one way to do it. Uh, but talking trash before the weekend, it just comes back to be egg on your face uh, on Sunday afternoon. And we've seen that with Texas. We've seen that uh, with Baylor. You wonder, I think Kansas is going to be pretty quiet, um, but you wonder what Oklahoma State's going to do. And with Bedlam looming, you know, just just over two weeks out, uh, under two weeks out, I guess, two weeks from today, we'll have resolved all this. And we're looking forward to the Big 12 softball tournament. But you just wonder mentally where Oklahoma State is right now. As they're free falling, uh, this is a team that not too long ago was number two in the nation. Um, so that said, uh, let's talk a little bit. Uh, we we got. I really want to get into true or false, um, and we're going to carry that on to the rest of the podcast. So l- let me bring up um, a couple of other things here real quick, and then we'll jump into the true or false segment. Brent Venables adds uh, three more recruits to the 2024 class over the weekend. There's more coming. There will be more coming um, this week. Uh, maybe even I'm recording this on Monday, the 24th, uh, maybe even today. There's there's more coming, but three official. You got K.J. Daniels, a wide receiver out of Franklin, Louisiana, three-star prospect uh, coming in. 
on what on Friday the the seventeenth. Uh, then you had. Um, you had Isaiah Autry uh, out of Fulton, Mississippi, offensive tackle uh, coming in on the 21st. And then on uh, the 22nd, you had Jaden uh, Hardy, the safety prospect coming in, probably the highest ranked prospect for, for Oklahoma. Naturally, Hardy is ranked 162 overall uh, on the prospect list. So he's the highest ranked four-star recruit uh, prospect that Oklahoma has to this point. But this is a list that's that's not that's not going to shrink. Uh, it's going to keep growing. Oklahoma up to number twenty-eight nationally. Um, they they they've yet to get um, what they're looking for out of the transfer portal. Um, the second second time around, I guess I should say, out of the transfer portal. But I think that's coming here pretty quick. But um, starting to see movement with uh, with Brent Venables and this this recruiting class. Five overall commitments in the class. And um, it's like I said, it's just going to keep growing. And it's not Brent Venables. He's not the only one uh, picking up commitments. Porter Mosier gets his third commitment uh, out of the transfer. Porter um, Rivaldo Sowers uh, coming out of Oregon, a shooting guard. So that, that gives him three. He's got the power forward in John Hughley. He's got uh, JV and McCollum, the, the combo guard. And now you got a, um, a shooting guard in Sowers. And so, again, you're seeing you're – seeing Porter Moser tried to put this roster back together. Well, we can jump into all that later on, but it, it is worth noting that Moser also has two small forwards that are coming in that are top 100 players in Caden Cooper and, and Jacob Cole. So they're already signed. They're going to be on campus. Uh, they're going to help this team. So when you're looking at the roster overhaul, you look, yeah, you lost six players to the portal. Um, well, you got five with the three, the three guys that are coming out of the portal. Uh, you got the two, uh, you got the two forwards that are coming in, uh, top 100 players. So you're starting to see Mosier put this roster back together. Um, the, the, and, and, and here's what it comes down to. I think it's going to be the deciding factor in year three of Porter Mosier is the guys that they've lost really weren't. They weren't the Elijah Harkless, Mo Gibson, Brady Manning type guys. They're role player guys, but they're not significant guys. And that's the core that he was able to hold over from this team that just completed the season. You add these three, um, you add these three transfer guys uh, from Oregon, Pitt, and um, I can't remember where McCollum's from off the top of my head. Um, it's going to come to me, and I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, it's Sienna. That's what it was. Um, but the reality is you add these three guys – and and you're not building your core out of the portal like he had to with the Groves brothers, um, like he had to with some of these other guards that have come in. You you actually have your guards, you have your core, and now you're putting guys around them uh, and not relying on the portal to be your core. And I think hopefully for Porter Mosier and even more so for Oklahoma fans, that makes a difference on the court here um, this coming fall and into next spring. Okay, so that's going to wrap it up for this part of the, of the Sooner Nation podcast. we got a bang load of your true or false statements that we're going to get into right after this break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
we have been holding off on the true or false for uh, well for a while now. So I apologize again. We we never can get them all in, but some of them have expired uh, in terms of relevance, but some of them have not. So we held some over, and we've got let's see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight more uh, that came in after the uh, no, sorry, nine more um, that came in after the. Um, after the spring game. So let, let's jump in these. We're going to start with a friend of the show, KC. Uh, KC sends us a lot of stuff through email. You can participate uh, in the true or false segment by emailing us your true or false statements, heartland-sports um, at Yahoo. Excuse me. Sorry. Start all that over. You can email us at heartland-sports at yahoo.com. You can also reach us through the website, heartland-sports.com uh, is what I started to say. KC says this. Um, Given the fact that this is the last Big 12 season, OU football absolutely must win against Texas. Now, Casey, I, I typically uh, am on your side and, and some of the things that you say or do, uh, I can't get on board with you. This one, I, I don't think... I don't think this being the last season in the Big 12 has anything to do with why Oklahoma must win against Texas. I think 49 to nothing in 2022 has a lot more to do with why Oklahoma must win against Texas than whatever's going to happen in the Big 12. Because we know Texas is going to the Big 12 with Oklahoma. We know this rivalry is continuing into the SEC. Um and I, I'm not a guy, I, I hardly ever, th- with rare exception, with rare exception, do I ever cheer for anything Texas. But listen, I, I do believe, I believe Oklahoma or Texas needs to win the Big 12. So if therefore, if you're going by that way, uh, by that motive, by that angle, then I agree, Oklahoma needs to beat Texas. But the motivation to beat Texas is really kind of put to put the Longhorns back in their place. The first time they've had a better season than than OU since 2009, um, a fan base that that really can get out of control, um, a program that you look at as your arch rival, even though they've been irrelevant for the better part of, of well, more than a decade. Um, th- so there's all those reasons why you want to beat Texas, plus bragging rights, okay, for social media and so forth. You want those bragging rights. Um, you're already tired of seeing 49 to nothing plastered everywhere. You, you sweep the Longhorns in softball. You see 49 to nothing. You sweep the Longhorns in baseball. You see 49 to nothing. So it's just something that's that's going to continue going um, for this program unless they go out and, and take it back uh, in the Cotton Bowl this October. So for that reason, I think that's why Oklahoma must beat Texas. Really nothing to do with the last year in the Big 12 uh, and moving on to the SEC. So most of these are going to be football related, but I do. I, I we've already spoken to this, but I got to throw it out here just because um, I, I want I want to make one more comment on this. Steven says this: true or false? Oklahoma softball is fading and fading fast. Now he says this before before the the cowgirls go to Austin and get swept by the Longhorns. This is this is after losing um, Iowa State and losing Wichita State. Uh, now, you know, you got the five. You're, you're, that was at two in a row. Now you have five in a row uh, if you're the cowgirls. And, and Stephen, here's the thing. I think I would have disagreed with you going into the weekend. I, I, I didn't think, I said it in the podcast, I didn't think that that would be a sweep by either uh, Oklahoma State or Texas. And it was, I really thought if I was a betting man, if I was putting money on that, I would have thought that 
the Cowgirls take that series. Never would I have thought that they get swept. But yes, yes, they are fading. They are fading, Stephen. Um, and here's the reason why. It's because they the teams have found out how to pitch to them. It's it, this is this is what separates those championship moments from being just really good. And and don't get me wrong, Oklahoma State's really good. They're a top twenty-five program. I still believe they're a top ten program. But other programs have found out how to pitch to them in a way in which it slows down their offense even more so than what teams are doing to Oklahoma. And Oklahoma like Oklahoma State, has dominant pitching. But what Oklahoma has that Oklahoma State does not have is Oklahoma has three aces on their roster. That's three opportunities, three ladies who could start anywhere in the country uh, on any top 25 program. All right, so we're pretty much football here on out uh, with the spring game. Uh, Jared says this, true or false, Kip Lewis was the best defender on the field on Saturday uh, <laughs> I'm uh, sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at you, Jared. Um, Kip Lewis was good. I mean, don't get me wrong. Kip Lewis was good. 11 tackles, two tackles for a loss. I'm I'm confident. I, let me pull these up because that was the most, yep, uh, that was the most uh, tackles amongst the defensive players. But, man, there were so many guys who looked good. Kip Lewis, don't get me wrong. Kip Lewis looked good. Uh, I liked what I saw from Reggie Pearson. Justin Harrington um, looks like a star in the making. Uh, Grayson Halton, the young guy. I mean, there was there were guys. Peyton Bowen had the defensive play of the game. I know he only ended up with three tackles, but with the one interception, which was a a very athletic play. Kip Lewis, I think, has a lot of upside. Um, he looked good, but I, I think here's here's what's going to determine. And it's not just me saying this. This isn't this isn't new to me. All right, our new new information out there that I just came up with. Kip Lewis has to put on weight. He's got to get bigger. He's fast. He's physical, but he he's still underweight. Um, and I think that's going to be the next big step for him in his progression for being uh, a star on Oklahoma's defense. Everything seems to be there except for the weight. Uh, but you can't you can't look at him and not appreciate what you see. And uh, but I, I don't know that I'm going to say he was the best defender out on the field. And that's really a good question. I because I, I don't know. I don't know who it was. I, I don't think it was Kip Lewis, but I don't I don't know who it was. Hit us up on Twitter at Sports Heartland on Twitter. Who was the best defensive player for the University of Oklahoma in Saturday spring game? Uh, here we go. This next one is coming from Michael. He says Desan McCullough has the uh, cheated position locked up. Uh, I'm going to say false. I'm going to say false, and and here's the reason why, um, Michael. I, you you got to like what you saw from McCullough, uh, a big kid. You love his body. You love his athleticism. Uh, he's a guy. He's a guy that's going to make a name for himself. I believe on this defense, but. I can't get away from Justin Harrington right now. And I've been high on Justin Harrington since the offseason basically started. Uh, there wasn't anything I saw um, from Harrington on Saturday that made me think that Desan McCullough is going to pass him. I, I think I think you are, uh, when I say you, the, the program, the defense, is light years ahead of where they were a year ago um, with with this position, the cheated position. And, and I think either way you have good options here, which you didn't really have that last year. Um, and it's not just between McCullough and, and Harrington. There's other guys you can throw in there as well, but I think I'm going to say false on this, Michael. And the reason why is because 
I'm just a big fan of Justin Harrington, and I, and I think I think he's the guy. He's the guy right now that uh, has this spot, the edge, not not locked up, but he has the edge in this position battle. Here we go. Riley says this. Riley says, true or false, DJ Graham earned a starting spot in this receiving core. Um, yeah, if you know me, I've been railing against the receiving core. Um, and, and DJ Graham looked good. Two receptions, 74 yards. Didn't have the best quarterback on the field throwing to him. Davis Bevel uh, out there just throwing, just launching things in the air. Uh, DJ Graham able to make not just catches, but make athletic catches. And that's a big deal. An athletic catch is a big deal because a lot of times when you are throwing up a contested pass, it's the athleticism that wins the day. We already talked about Peyton Bowen's uh, interception earlier, um, but Peyton Bowen, that was an athletic play. What we saw from DJ Graham on his receptions, we saw athleticism. Now, he he has all the other attributes that you want from a wide receiver. And we've talked about on this podcast the, the need for Oklahoma to establish more depth. Um, and so I, 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 I do believe, I, I think I agree with you, Riley, that um, – that DJ Graham is definitely in the mix. He's definitely in the conversation. It's one of those things that I think as fans, we needed to see it. We needed to see, we, we saw DJ Graham, the uh, the defensive player. We needed to see DJ Graham, the receiver, the offensive player. And I don't think, I don't think you walk away from this thinking, well, uh, he's a project. I don't. I think you walk away from this thinking, yeah, this guy can play. He can play receiver. Um, why were off the topic? No, no one said anything. This isn't a true or false statement. But I, I was impressed when I saw with Blake Smith. Now he only had the one catch. It was a 25-yard touchdown pass from from Dylan Gabriel. But I, I liked I liked what I saw from him. Uh, of course, we, we kind of know what we're getting in Austin Stogner. Um, but Blake Smith looked the part as well. And, and I, I it's, again, it's a guy that I needed to see because he came in very, very limited in experience, collegiate experience from Texas A&M. But when you see him on the field in the student uniform, he, he's a guy that at this point um, definitely looks the part. And those are the kind of things I was looking at uh, at the spring game. Uh, Jennifer says, um, love it. I love it. Uh, Jennifer says, we need help at the wide receiver position. Um, yes, Jennifer. Th- by the way, thank you. Um, uh, thank you for, for participating. Uh, yes, they, they do. That, we just talked about DJ Graham. I, and I agree. I agree with what Jennifer's saying. They, they need help. That's why you're seeing a lot of talk about Brennan Thompson, who I believe is going to make a commitment probably before before I make it the next podcast. And now this is your turn to enter in the jug. Well, you only podcast once a month. Okay. We're trying to get better at that. Uh, but I think by the end of the, how about this? How about by the time next Monday rolls around, hopefully I have one more podcast out before next Monday, but by the time next Monday rolls around, I think Brennan Thompson is going to be committed to the university of Oklahoma. He's the speedster, the burner. A lot of people can making comparisons to him in Hollywood Brown, um, Again, that's never an indication that uh, that's never an indication that is going. Uh, he's going to be the same category, the same star power that Hollywood Brown was, but he's kind of in the same mold when you talk about size and speed and and what he's able to do. Um, but as good as DJ Graham was, I mean, tell me if I'm if I'm wrong. What, what is your take? I thought the receivers were ho hum. 
you know, you, you look at the running backs and you think, well, Marcus Major's not playing. Um, you know, you got you got several uh, Barneses out. Um, and so, you know, basically it was Gavin Solchuk and a bunch of new guys. And so you look at the, the running back position, you think, well, it's, it's hampered by injury. You, you look at um, at the offensive line. Very underwhelming performance across the board by the offensive line, but you think, well, they're hampered by injury. You got a lot of guys out. The wide receivers were a ho-hum, and that's pretty much the guys that you're, you're looking at. You had Gavin Freeman, um, you had DJ Graham, you had uh, Andrell Anthony, Drake Stoops, LV Bunkley Shelton, Jalil Farouk. I mean, these guys are out there. These are the guys that are going to be taking this team, uh, first team reps in, in the fall of 2023. So, yes, they need help, and they need help immediately. They can't address what they need through the recruiting uh, through the recruiting class because those guys won't be here in time. And the guys that are coming in the summer, they're not going to be ready. Brennan Thompson is a plug-and-play type guy. He's going to show up. He's going to be ready, and he can make an immediate difference with this team. Off to a great start. we got more coming up. You're listening to the Sooner Nation podcast, the true or false edition. Uh, thanks so much for everyone who's participating in this. We kind of have been neglecting this on past podcasts. In the future, you can participate um, in true or false. One of my favorite segments, one of my favorite things that we do. Um, you can participate by hitting us up on Twitter at Sports Heartland. Uh, you can hit us up by email, heartland underscore sports at yahoo.com. Uh, you can find us on our internet, heartland-sports.com, and, uh, and give us your thoughts. Uh, and we'll tell you, whether they're true or false and um and the reason why we think it's either true or false so here's paul paul says this true or false depth was the biggest winner on saturday yes i agree man we love i I, there's a couple positions i I love the depth at linebacker because you had some concerns there with offseason turnover and you had to love the depth at quarterback uh I, i think one thing that was um one thing that was, was resolved in my mind on Saturday is that Jackson Arnold is QB number two. We're going to come back and talk about quarterbacks with the very last question that we have here. But across the board, defensive line depth looked good. They looked – in fact, I'm going, to, I'm going to change it. I'm going to say defensive line looked better than linebackers. Defensive line depth looked really, really good. Um, there's so much here that um, that we saw um, that we saw on, on this team uh, – that just that you, you, I can't remember. It's 20, what, 24 new players. And, and they, and you go, you go in the portal, you get a guy and, and you, and we've said this for so long, you don't get a guy out of the portal to develop him. You get a guy out of the portal to come in and, and make a difference. And I think that's what you saw with the portals, uh, the portal players. I think the five-star guys that showed up PJ out I mean, those guys, they looked the part, they looked very real. Um, so I the makeup of this team is going to be completely different than I think what we saw in 2022. Now what that turns what that results in in terms of the record, um, we'll just have to have to go out and see. Um, DJ says Peyton Bowen is the real deal. I mean, uh, didn't we just say that about Kip Lewis as well? I mean, we we get excited about guys, and that's what's so fun about the spring. Um, we've already talked about Peyton Bowen. Uh, we've talked about, <clears throat> excuse me, we've talked about his athleticism. Now, you, with all the praise that we're giving to Peyton Bowen, we also need to mention on that final touchdown, that final touchdown uh, from uh, to 
gosh, dog, who was it that scored that final touchdown? Because I'm, I'm thinking about um, it was Gavin Freeman. Thank you. Um, I'm thinking about Peyton Bowen. Peyton Bowen was on the coverage. So you got the touchdown pass coming in from Jackson Arnold, but it's 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 a great pass, a great throw in the face of pressure, but it was totally Peyton Bowen on the coverage. So, yeah, I mean, as for all that we're celebrating about Peyton Bowen, and it, it was good. It was good with what we saw from Peyton Bowen. Uh, we, we do need to realize he's young, and I, I think what we saw was the beginning of what's going to be a great career at the University of Oklahoma. But maybe maybe let's pump the brakes and, and not make the mistake of getting too high too early um, on a kid who's just getting on, on campus. Um, let's Let's move on. The the next one is going to come from who is this? This is from Hayden, and Hayden says this: uh, true or false? Recruiting this weekend was a bust. Um, I don't I don't know why. I don't know why you would say that, Hayden. Uh, other than maybe you're thinking they didn't get enough recruits. Um, and 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 that's okay because I the weekend's not over in terms of what the impact is going to be on the recruiting shelf from what what the Sooners had there. Um, you've got the, you had the three commitments we talked about at the top of the podcast. You've got five already for the class. It looks like Zion Kearney, the receiver, um, man, where is he from? I, I'm, I'm blanking on, on where is he, he's from all of a sudden. Uh, 2024 receiver. He's a four-star guy um, out of Missouri City, Texas. Sorry, I had to look that up on the fly. Zion Kearney, I think, is going to... Um, to commit to the University of Oklahoma, you got a four-star receiver, uh, excuse me, four-star defensive lineman, Joseph Jonah Ajone, uh, and I know I probably messed that up, but I think he's going to end up committing. Um, you got Brennan Thompson, who I think is going to come in uh, from this weekend, and so it's not over yet. And and all three of those guys that I mentioned, two on the offensive side of the ball, one on the defensive side of the ball, as far as the defensive line goes, those are four-star guys. And so if you're if you're thinking, yeah, we went to the weekend, we only got three. One of them came before the area thing got started on Friday night. So it was a bust. I, I can't get on board with that. I can respectfully disagree with you and let you know, I, I think I think it's coming. Um, I, I think it's 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 going to be a, a, a type of situation where it just builds momentum and becomes a very strong class. Um, and I think we, again, I mean, we're, we're in April, right? I mean, we're, we're April 24th. These guys can't sign a letter of intent for another eight months. And so you're, you're going to have guys that jump into this class and then they're going to jump out. You're going to have guys who jump into other classes and then they're going to jump into this class. Recruiting has changed so much. Well, really you want to celebrate a kid's verbal commitment. You want to celebrate the five that are in for the University of Oklahoma, but you also kind of celebrate going, eh, are they going to stay? I mean, are they, can we hang on to them for, for eight months? And so you got to trust the process of what's happening. You you got to love what's there. I think, I think it's a great class. Now, a, a guy like Brennan Thompson jumps in and he's solid because he has to come in and he's going to enroll, and then he'll be here for the summer, which is way before some of these other guys can be out of the out of the uh, the prep level. But uh, I disagree. I I, I think um, I think the three they got are good, and and I think I think more is to come. So yeah, to me, I think it was a good recruiting weekend. All right, we got two more left here. Uh, this one is going to come from Tyson. Uh, true or false, we really don't know about the improvement of the defense because of the health of the offensive line. And I listen, I, I, I do think 
I do think the defense was better. I, I, I don't think they looked faster. They, they looked more in control. One of the things we talked about before the spring game was, you know, do, do they know their alignments? Do they know their assignments? Uh, are they playing with confidence? I think we saw positive, um, positive things in all of those categories. So we, we've got that going for us. So I do think overall better defensively. But you're right, Tyson, because of the health of the offensive line. Is Grayson Halton really that good? You hope he is, but or is that due to attrition and the just limited number of offensive linemen that you had out there on the field? Um, Jackson Arnold had so many passes batted down early. Is that because Jackson Arnold is still trying to clear lanes and adjust to how that that process works on the collegiate level, or is it because the the attrition and the health of the offensive line, the running game was non-existent? Is that because the defensive line is so powerful and the running backs just couldn't find a ho- an opening uh, to burst through, or is it because the offensive line? just wasn't up to par. I mean, I, you can go back and forth with this on, on several different several different areas, and, and Tyson's onto something here. I do think the defense is better, but again, I, I think the, the biggest mistake that we make as Oklahoma fans is we overhype insignificant achievements. And at the end of the day, this was a practice. This was a scrimmage. And some guys look good. Some guys look bad. Jaden Gibson dropped what could have been the winning catch with the two-point conversion. Great throw by Jackson Arnold. Jaden Gibson doesn't catch it. Now you look at Jaden Gibson and you think, oh, man. You think about some of the drops he had last year in, in 2022. You think about this big moment on a spring game. But then you think it's also it's just a practice. And so Jaden Gibson has the summer to get his head right going into the fall to take an, another another shot at it. So there are things good and bad that I think we can say, whoa, Jackson Arnold, that last touchdown pass to Gavin Freeman that we just talked about, that was a fantastic pass. Jackson Arnold, he's the stuff. No, this was a practice. And that was a true freshman that Gavin Freeman was beating to get into that the end zone for that touchdown. We overhype good and bad coming out of the spring spring game. And and I think we have to, I, I think what Tyson's saying here is I agree with him. We really don't know. We really don't know how good this defensive front is. We really don't know how good the, the safeties are and, and, the, and the linebackers. We don't know any of that just yet because of the issues that Oklahoma was having up front on the offensive line. And, and so this just a good reminder out there. Um, and the, so here's the last one. Here, here's the money one. It comes from Chris. Chris says this, true or false, we were going into an off-season quarterback controversy. Um, and I think this was the biggest talking point going into the spring game and remains the biggest talking point coming out of the spring game. There was a lot of good from Jackson Arnold. There was a lot of good from Dylan Gabriel. There was some mediocre from Jackson Arnold. There was some mediocre from Dylan Gabriel. There was some bad on both parts. At the end of the day, Jackson Arnold's stat line reads 6 of 14 for 64 yards, one touchdown. Dylan Gabriel reads 11 of 17, 140 yards, three touchdowns, and the one interception. There's not a quarterback controversy here, guys. There's not. Dylan Gabriel is QB one. Jackson Arnold is QB two. I, I think I think you're solid going into the summer. Those guys holding steady. 
in those positions. I think the only way Jackson Arnold sees significant playing time in 2023 is if we have a situation like what we saw against TCU last year where Dylan Gabriel's out and he's out for a game and a half. I think I think that's the only way. That's the only way it happens. And it is not a knock against Jackson Arnold, who appears to have all of the things you want in a five-star quarterback that's going to lead your team into the SEC. But what Dylan Gabriel has is that he is the most experienced quarterback returning in the Big 12. And Jeff Levy, Brent Venables, they put a lot of stock in experience. They put a lot of stock in leadership. And that's what Dylan Gabriel has. Is the ceiling higher for Jackson Arnold? Yes, absolutely. The ceiling is higher for Jackson Arnold. But if you want to win a Big 12 championship in 2023, if you want to push for a college football playoff in 2023, in my opinion, Jackson Arnold is not your guy. Dylan Gabriel is your best chance at that. Like it, love it, or leave it. That's where you are. And I think the people that are talking about the the quarterback controversy coming out of the spring are the same people that wanted there to be a quarterback controversy going into the spring. And and for whatever reason, Dylan Gabriel is not their guy. And that's okay. You only have one more year of Dylan Gabriel, but you're going to have to accept the fact that Jeff Levy is the offensive coordinator for 2023, and his starting quarterback is going to be Dylan Gabriel. Now what are you going to do with that? Because that's just the reality of the situation. Do you cheer for this team to fail so you can get Jackson Arnold? Do you cheer for Dylan Gabriel so you can get Jackson Arnold? Or you just suck it up and accept it that this is the guy. This is the team. This is the leader. This is what they're rolling with. That's just the way it is, in my opinion. Hey, thanks so much for everyone who participated. We'll jump back on later on uh, in the week, hopefully, and get more of a normal podcast going uh, with maybe some recruiting updates, some more thoughts on the spring game, your true or false questions. Uh, it's been fun. Again, thanks to everyone who participated. Have a great week, everybody. You can find us on the internet, heartland-sports.com. Uh, we'll have some NFL draft stuff coming up on that uh, very soon as well. Uh, enjoy your week. Boomer soon. I'm gonna be the man who's working hard for you